Here's the question. How do you make the impossible possible? Simple. Remove the I am, the ego. Now, how do you step into that newfound possibility? With a series of small intentional steps. Never forget, the greatest among us started from humble beginnings. But to truly unlock your potential, realize you're here for something greater. If you're yearning for more than just a good life, let's take that small step together to reach greatness. Welcome to the Greatness from Small Beginnings podcast, where we're talking to those who have gone from mediocrity to motivated, overlooked to overachieving, forgettable to unforgettable. Are you ready? Let's go. So welcome everybody to the Greatness from Small Beginnings podcast. Another episode today, I have my good friend. I want to know you better, right? Sure. But you live across the country. Right. <laughs> but I just happen to be in Tampa right now, and here we are. Yes. Thank you for, for coming on, Alexander Gonzalez. Yeah, thank you for inviting okay. me. Excited yeah, to be here. So, so the title, Greatness from Small Beginnings. Uh, almost everybody I have on, everybody I talk to can relate almost everybody mm -hmm. with the small beginnings thing sure. right? because that's easy to figure out well we were a kid and we had less than we uh, dreamed right sure that so that's easy and we'll get into that a little bit okay but what i like to do and and on the way to this location where we're sitting you were talking about you were, you actually used the term to make people great sure you know and i went oh that's gonna be good <laughs> So try to remember what you were talking sure, about. Sure, sure. Yeah. Your definition of greatness. Yeah. For for you, like it, no no textbook, no sure. no you know dictionary. Your definition of greatness. I think that's a really good question, and I think that part of my journey was actually defining that because what I defined greatness for the longest time. I ultimately no longer define greatness that way. Mm -hmm. So to me, greatness was success. Greatness was winning. Greatness was you know, everything just working out the way that it should. Yeah. And that's obviously not life. Yeah. And so now for me, you're walking in your greatness when you're walking in your purpose. And in fact, I, I just today finished writing um, a chapter and I'm in an anthology about social media. And so anyways, um, and I say, you know, this is actually something that, that I, I, I say today and it kind of like dawned on me is that when you understand the point of it all and why you, Mm -hmm. You know, those two things. What's your mm -hmm. point? Where are you going? I know, and it took years of self-discovery, doing the work that I realized that God put me on this earth. Sometimes doing the wrong thing. or Lots of times doing the wrong yes, things. Yes, yes. But I know that my number one mission is to to perpetuate love everywhere I go. Mm -hmm. I, I like, I know, I feel like that's what I'm called to do. I have other missions to be an excellent husband, excellent father, the best, yes. you know, there's other things, but at the core of it all, it's perpetuating love. And so I'm walking in my greatness when I understand the point of why what I'm doing mm -hmm. is what I'm doing. And then number two, I also understand why me, mm -hmm. why I was selected. And what that helped me do actually, Keith, gosh, I love how this all works out because it's all popping in my head now. What I'm realizing is it helped me work through my trauma mm. was understanding why I was selected because in being selected for this calling, for this purpose, I had to go through what I did through. So it went through so I could be more effective in it. And it, and doesn't it make us more grateful yes. as we look back at our past uh, as bad or as good in some places, uh, you know, all that is like the culmination right. of not only just the purpose, because that's actually almost a separate subject, but it 
it uh, energizes the person purpose. Sure. Because it absolutely. prepares us, right? Yeah, absolutely. I agree 100%. And then it also protects us. Because when we understand our purpose, and oftentimes we're faced against negativity or, mm -hmm. or the mountains, we're prepared because we understand this is just part of the journey. Yeah. Or I don't have to listen to that naysayer. This is the path that I'm on. I know what I'm meant to do. Yeah. Uh, what I've discovered and told others lately, it's not a new discovery, but that today's issues, today's problem, today's things, uh, good and bad, they're all temporary. Yeah. It's going to change. It's going to change for the better if it's really bad. It's actually going to get worse at some point if you're doing really good. Sure. You know, that is that is the nature of the pathway we're on, the, Absolutely. the process that God has put us on. Absolutely. Right? Well, that being said, you said my purpose. Well, who ignited that for you? Let's let's maybe talk faith for a moment. Sure. Absolutely. I mean, it it's my journey is so zigzagged and it's that that country song god bless the broken road because yeah. Yeah. i i was blessed i always say and, and you've heard me speak on stages i almost mm -hmm. always when giving my intro or talking about my past i say i won the lottery when it comes to families and i really did uh, i was blessed in a home that mm. we didn't want you know for things we i i'm not saying we were living large but we Christmas was great. You know, um, I lived in a home where both parents were very devout Christians and church was just part of what we did mm -hmm. and never made to feel like a requirement, but just part of our essence as a family. Okay. Yeah. And I think That's they a did a really good job of doing that because uh, now as an adult with two children, I go every week to church. Well, and they don't feel like it's a requirement. I yeah. love being a believer. I love being able. Now, it's, all of this was tested many, 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 yeah, many times course. over. Of course. And so I can say that God ultimately is what sparked the calling in me, but it was my tri my tribulations and trials that ignited the fire. And ultimately, hmm. learning to love that allowed the fire to be laser focused into purpose okay why the desperation it seems like i'm putting that word in your mouth sure. if that's wrong then let me know no. why the desperation to communicate and transplant translate love were you at some point unloved or is it yeah. you that i loved yourself or yeah that's what, a great what, like so, what's the trigger like, yeah and it's funny because again i won the lottery so i was surrounded by love i was parents the people in your life that fill mm -hmm. you with love i got that what happened was at a young age, and, and you've heard me mm -hmm. share this and, and trigger warning for anyone who maybe has encountered anything, um, any type of abuse, specifically sexual abuse. At a young age, I was molested. I was molested by a church going mm. missionary who would did good deeds, did very good deeds in the church that I grew up in. I mean, built churches and funded schools being, you know, built in on mi these missions trips through our church. And that person over the course of three years molested me regularly. Mm -hmm. And so I had a very convoluted kind of relationship with how can this person who's a Christian and does good things and I know is a good person still have this evil side to them. Yeah. And so, you know, we always say church hurt. I know the church doesn't hurt people, hurt people, yeah. and usually hurt people, hurt people and all that. But I had a lot of quote unquote church hurt. And so I ran, you know, I went to Florida State University. I joined a fraternity. I started doing everything that I could to numb the pain mm -hmm. and run as far as I could from the calling. Um, 
And again, that's when the trials and tribulations started. And it's not to say that I don't have trials and tribulations. Listen, I went through a whole weight loss journey, very publicly grew a whole social media account. I lost 80 plus pounds. I gained 50 of those back. Mm -hmm. I, that hurts me when I look at myself in the mirror at times. And so there's still uphill battles, but somehow on this journey, I figured out that I operate in my best when I'm loving me. And that love is so strong that it permeates out of me mm -hmm. and everyone around me feels loved. Okay. And that's when I'm, that's when I'm walking on sunshine and yeah. that, you know, everything's feeling yeah. good. Yeah. So let me dig into that a little bit mm -hmm. in relation to identity. Mm -hmm. Okay. I, people that watch this podcast know that, you know, I'm all about, you know, God, God's wisdom and sure, sure. how that, how that, you know, translate into our life. And I've been, I've been considering the things in my life where my identity is a little off. Mm-hmm. And, and what you, what you just mentioned about that, that love, why is that your identity? Why is, you know, it, because it's all of our identity, actually, because yeah, we're okay. all made in great image and yeah. God is love. Yeah. And so once I realized the simple thing, God is love, mm -hmm. I chase perfection. Mm -hmm. I chase fitting in a box that I thought society, I thought church, I thought my parents, I thought whoever, I thought I had to be the perfect student that no one knew that I did things on the, the bad things, you know, yeah. that was all done in perfect secret, son, perfect. but everything was perfect, perfect son, the perfect student, the perfect athlete, everything until the perfection or the facade of perfection was so heavy it was like a a, a hollywood set yeah. it was just the facade it was so heavy it just fell and i realized that the the storefront if you will that was left i didn't like but when i realized that i'm just like god i'm made in his image and him and being made in his image i am a creator too what do i create love yeah i so create love all around i was talking to somebody earlier today you know i'm at a conference and that's sure. why i'm mm -hmm. here to be able to be with you about this translation i don't think i think this guy has faith but i don't know where he's at with sure. the whole thing but i'm not bashful sure so i said he asked where i was i did a talk and he listened to it about uh servant leadership and he was in the room and he said, where did that come from? Sure. And I said, well, my journey is such that I learned this one lesson that I need wisdom from God. And he, he told me, he knew I knew where to go get it, which is scripture spent decades reading the Bible every day, you know, devouring what I kind of call, it's a little disrespectful to scripture, my vitamins, like sure. literally I'm staying healthy. Right. I'm surviving. Yeah. I don't think that's disrespectful. Yeah. But, but it's actually more than that. Cause sometimes sure. it's a feast. Sure. Right? sure. Absolutely. You yeah, know? yeah. But, uh, I was able to tell him that my identity became this relationship that went this way. Mm. And that relationship then, then became, it was a natural outcome and overflow became a relationship that went this way with my wife, with my kids. Now, sure. of course not perfect. Right, because this course. one isn't perfect. Right, of course, but it's a reflection of the two. Mm, and so, love that. as my identity became better in that wisdom, in that relationship with the author of wisdom, then I was able to actually live the book, right. so to speak. You know, I love that you said that because it actually reminds me of not a proud moment of my own, <laughs> where my wife, you know, thank God for our, the women in the wow. in our lives that are willing to say it just like it is, who said you are here perpetuating love everywhere, but your last focus is me. Mm -hmm. You focus on making sure everyone knows that when you walk in the room, and I promise you, if you meet me, you walk in the room, you're going to feel loved yeah, by me. And you're going to feel this positive energy. Connect. Right. Yes. And yet I wasn't doing that at home. And that's why I don't know if you remember, but in my four, the, on the speech I gave, the last 
point was to do it at home more than you do it anywhere. Mm -hmm. Because who cares if you do it everywhere else, if you're not doing it at home. And if I wasn't walking in my purpose at home, then walking in my purpose outside of that home would probably be incongruent or not long lasting. Does that make sense? Because yes, I would feel like it doesn't feel right. I would feel unevenly yoked. Yes, I was off. Yeah, you're, yeah, you're off. You're off, so I can't, right. I can't really exactly. get it right. Exactly. So the connection between marriage and the connection of how we relate with God, like it's no joke. Well, we're his it's bride. Re- yes, we're his bride. And so the Bible talks about that connection, that uh uh, the, the the example of the two absolutely they fit perfectly and, and so if i'm and, off with my wife i'm off right and the greatest examples that he gave his life for his bride yeah. ultimately yes are we doing that in every day you, you know that's what it comes down to and, and that yeah. was always always not just preached in front of me but exemplified and one thing i would go to these pk these preachers kid retreats okay and they would always talk about you know they want them to get their complaints out because it's a population that often feels neglected or you know their parents are giving a lot of themselves to be a pastor if you listen to this like send your pastor a text message or find them on facebook and say thank you yes because there's a lot of abuse there's lots of abuse and they turn their cheek left and right and as kids we watch it and we would be sometimes as kids we can get angry at the church because why are you taking advantage of my parents my parents just take left right turn the other cheek turn the other cheek and they would always you know say what are the things and and one of the common complaints that pks would say is that who their father because in this time most kids there's a father i know that now women are also Mm -hmm. pastors but um that their father was different at home than he was behind the pulpit Mm -hmm. and i can't say that that's my truth who you saw and when you meet my parents if you ever meet my parents they exude love like to know them is to love them because to know them is to feel loved by them right and um that's so awesome that allowed that that so it was always in there so you have a legacy of it i do have a legacy but i didn't realize that it was a legacy or i didn't see the value of it Mm. until i was so far down that I hated myself so much that I realized the only way out of this is to love myself yeah. and everyone around. Yeah. Truly unconditionally. Yeah. And, which is really hard. Did you find that loving others was the connection that you needed to understand how to love yourself? hundred percent. Okay. It did start there. Because we need people to know. Sure. There's a mechanism. Now you don't just go love yourself. Right. right? Oh, like, no, no, like no, no. You actually no. have to go serve. And, 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 and just because I say in this moment, I love myself does not mean in an hour from now, something might not happen that I don't feel love for myself. Like I said, it's an everyday uphill battle, but I make the decision and it all stems from, because I know I cannot love or provide for my children at the level that they need me to love and provide Mm -hmm. for them. If I don't love myself. So I, I can learn by loving others, but until I truly have love within that love for others is always going to be just an, just a portion of the love you really could have. I tell my kids every single day, I love them. And I always follow up with the question, do you know why? Mm-hmm. And their response is just because every single day, my children know my love for them is knows no bounds. It has no reason. It comes just because they can earn my respect. They can earn my pride. There's Your things trust. they can earn. Yeah. They can lose those things as well. Sure. They can never lose my love yeah, because it's unconditional. And that's what God has shown us in spite of us for all have sinned and come short in spite of our shortcomings. He loves us. Yes. And so if yeah, we can't so love that way, then. You're not loving unconditionally and it's hard. Yeah. And it's really easy to love those closest to us with condition. It, it's easy to put conditions. It's very easy. I love you when you make me feel happy. I love you when you're in a good mood. I love you when you're not nagging. I love you when you're not 
fill in the blank. Fill in the blank. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And and love is not because of, it's in spite of, in spite of all the negative, I love you anyways. Yeah. So a little bit of history. I just want to go back to, so we met, I think the day before you went on stage that that first time. Correct. What, about two and a half years ago? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, we connected, you walk in a room, you loved me, we, you know, I loved you. Like, that kind of is natural for us. And you met my wife. Yeah, your wife, like your wife is like, she's my wife. She's just your soul. Yeah, she sees you. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, she knows what you need to hear. Yeah. Like, God, she has a direct line. You can just tell. She's no, so jealous. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yes. yes. And, and then, so I saw some greatness in you because I connected with it, mm-hmm. right? Other ways to see greatness in others, sure, that sure. for sure. And then I saw you on stage and I went, oh my, right. Look at that. And the discussion, <laughs> the conversation, the talk was about love. Right. Right. I don't remember every detail, sure. but I remember sitting there going, Wow. You know, what the world needs now is love, sweet love, right? <laughs> exactly. Literally. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. Yes. And it, and it, and you did a good job. Thank you, you very did, much. And you do a good job. Uh, so what are you doing now? Like, what what's the journey? What? Why were you on that stage? What, like... Yeah. So by the grace of God, I'm still a public speaker. That's still my number one passion. Uh, I, I love emceeing. So I've been doing a lot more emceeing lately where I'm hosting a conference or um, a few galas that are raising money for events. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a member uh, of the board. I'm a board member of an incredible not-for-profit not profit that's called Spread the Cheer USA, mm-hmm. um, which is basically influencers through social media utilizing their positive platforms to raise a ton of money and help families in need. Mm-hmm. So we raise hundreds and hundreds of thousand dollars. We do events all over the nation. Like I'm about to fly to Houston where we're having a whole Dave and Buster's open for a bunch of foster kids. Then I'll be in Vegas for, you know, we do these incredible things. Mm-hmm. So that's my passion project. That's where my volunteer time, my that's where that goes. I'm still a professional network marketer. That's still what I have as, as a, a side hustle. But now I'm breaking again back into education, um, but at a younger level. So I've been in higher ed, which is at the college and university level. Um, but now mm. I'm working with um, students, a really unique population of students who have been expelled from their school for various reasons, most often um, physical harm to a teacher, to an adult, weapon usage or drug usage. And they come to our school and it's like going to prison. You know, they're scanned. They have, you know, they're everything. You're buzzed into everywhere. Um, Wow. Because it is a, unfortunately, unique population that you have to do that. But I get to be in a space filled with kids who no one believes in, or for the most part, most people don't believe them. And I just get to shine my love light. I stand out my door and where my quad is, is where all the kids walk into school right before they can grab their breakfast. And I'm like, good morning, good morning. And I know these kids look at me and roll their eyes. But now (laughs) several weeks into it, you know, they're like, go, okay, good morning, Mr. G. Good morning. Like they're saying it back. I'm like, before this kid would literally look at me like this and keep walking. But they saw it was consistent. They saw that my love wasn't fake. (laughs) They saw that my love didn't matter based on their response or their acceptance of me. My love was my own acceptance of myself freely given to them. So it was irrelevant, their response. Yes. And over time, that love has shaped these students that are now in a place that they receive you know, mentoring, they receive teaching, they receive, they hear, they listen to what I have to say. And I feel so fulfilled. 
And so perfect. now it's recareering and seeing what this looks like for the future. Yeah. Well, that's, that is fantastic. Uh, it's a hard game that education. It's very you hard. Know, and this is a hard population to educate, right? It is. And yet uh, that's calling. what they need. They need consistency. They need right. Love. Yes. Like I told you, I have a friend in that and he's, he's just moved out of it and they shut down the, basically the school sure. and moved them all back to the general population, but he still has a lot of interaction and it takes a special person. So good job. Thank you. I appreciate yes. that. <laughs> yes. It's definitely a thankless job because they were not taught to say thank you oftentimes um, or to be grateful to, or, or to be, even uh, be yes. grateful yeah. or even to say, I remember, you know, I, it's a funny story, you know, I give love, but that does not mean I'm a doormat. And right. I want to very much oh, make yeah. that clear because yeah. part of my success in this role, part of my success as a parent of two incredible children, I think being being a dad is like my number one, I'm like the greatest at it. I really believe that <laughs> is I have very clear boundaries, yeah. very clear boundaries. And you will not tow those lines. It isn't black and white. It is not gray. Yeah. And as long as we stay within those boundaries, we're having time of your life. The yeah. second you cross, I'm coming in hard. And once they understand that and they establish that, mm -hmm. they understand the love is free, but that does not mean that their behavior can be free. There's a really great understanding and a really cohesive, just beautiful learning environment that's created. Yeah. Did so. you know that K&L, the company I work in, mm -hmm. I founded, is Second Chance Employment? And it's the I same. I did not know that. So all of these things you're talking about are the same at work. A lot of these kids actually have felonies. Yeah. And well, I and I, I work yeah. with the middle school population. So sixth, seventh, and eighth, actually primarily only seventh and eighth graders. And mo majority of my seventh and eighth graders have felonies. Yeah. So, so my wife's, of course, she's in the office, you know, at our work. And so she's involved in the onboarding. And some of them have actually said, so you don't want to know more about like my issues, my record. Right. And she says, well, I need to know what I need. I need to know what I legally need to know. But your past here right. does not define you. 100%. Your today does and your future does. Right. Not your past. And that's the boundaries. And you right. screw with us, there's a big problem. Sure, 100%. You break our trust. That's You'll have it. to earn it to get it right. back. But as of today, your past does not define you. Right. And that's, you You know, you know her. Like, she's very clear on saying sure. God made you. You are important. And we all screw up. Right. So you have a chance here. Yeah. And it's a real chance. Anyway, I, I just love how that resonated. Yeah, they were talking about it, you know, a bunch of kids really, but they've had to not act like kids. They've right. Done the adult. And well, and half the time, sometimes you hear their backstory and it doesn't necessarily align with their behavior. So maybe there's something else going on that we don't know about. But sometimes you hear these kids' backstories and your heart is broken. It's just horrible. And you're thinking, wow. All these people, like you hear, oh, you have that student, blah, blah, blah. And I'm thinking in my head, well, did you know that XYZ has happened? And the fact that that kid is showing up to school every single day with clothes on his body is a miracle. And your judgment on him does nothing for anyone but poison you. You, you know, yeah. I want to say these things sometimes because yes. it's like, look at the backstory. Like you can't just make these assumptions. And you never know. And that's not to say that there are not moments that I'm like, uh, yeah. get out of my classroom now. Like, yeah. you know, you're called every day. I've been spit on, yeah. you know, there are times that they lose control, yeah. but when they realize that that one loss of control, does that ultimately dictate how I treat them for the rest of the time that I have them? Right. 
they can they understand that there is such thing as a second chance as long as you truly repent and reverse reverse yeah and that's and that's their responsibility it's on them it's on them yeah exactly the chances in front of you right it's on you step by step exactly now granted step by step means that you're going to misstep sometimes true sometimes we're on a road a highway there's exits right those exits are not always good and that's so we have given third chances we've given fourth chances. sure we you know uh and and it's not like they screwed up bad like they didn't you know, but, well, there's certain again boundaries, yeah, right? That you have but they to cross boundaries, you sure. know? And so, so anyway, that's great. So, any more to the journey of greatness? So you're headed there. What do you see out ten years, twenty years? I don't know where the good. You know, to be honest, I feel that I will be in administration or at the county level somehow, where I'm able to make more of a shift mm-hmm. um, in education. Uh, you know, being on the school board is a political role. Yeah, I have always had aspirations for politics, but never felt like I was a politician. But if I can do good in the school board, understanding a real unique, not just that population, but all populations, you know, I'm blessed with two gifted children. Both of my kids are, yes, they're gifted, but meaning they're designated gifted at the school. Yeah. And this, the middle schools, I'm touring the middle schools. Well, they go to an arts school and the arts middle school is very, very dangerous. Mm-hmm. Volatile population, lots of fights. But the gifted and arts magnet kids are sep- literally separated in their own wing. Mm. And they're like, oh, it's, yo, don't worry, your kids are gifted. They're safe. Mm. Well, to me, that's, what's the mentality there? Yeah, Why is everyone not safe? It's like segregation. A 100% that's, that's segregation. Like and I don't want my kids going to your school because them being gifted doesn't make them special. It means that they learn different. Yeah, They have the capacity for other things. And so there, you know, it doesn't make them better. And so if I could be, I feel like I can make shifts. So what that path looks like, I don't know. I'm definitely going to be continuing my public speaking. I'm working on getting all my credentials done. I might be going back for my doctorate um, in ed and education. I have a master's in psychology. Mm-hmm. So I'd have to take some prereqs, but ultimately they would want a degree in education. And so that's a path that okay. I'm discussing, but yeah. Maybe some school, maybe some, maybe yeah. Some, you know, we need love and we need to, in our culture, our society, our country, we need people that have a broader view, uh, kind of a love view sure, on how we change things. Yeah. You know, you talk about the nonprofits and I just got an email earlier from somebody that said, I want to introduce you to this guy. Here's his, here's his website and it's a nonprofit. And I looked at what he did. I'm like, man, it's really good. Right. Well, we need, the world needs this hundred percent. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So to kind of finish up, I want to, uh, I want you to imagine something with me. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Is that all that we've talked about people out there have heard it. Okay. You get the privilege of crawling through this microphone down this wire mm-hmm. and you get to be walking down the path of somebody that's got earbuds in, or you're sitting in their car while they're listening to the audio version of this. And you are going to, poof be gone in about a minute sure what's your last word for them stop stop thinking that self-love is just something that people love talking about stop thinking that you're unworthy of truly loving yourself and stop thinking that you aren't enough the reality of the matter is is that you can be in a place that listen i'm not perfect and one of the things that i really 
can be dangerous. I jokingly say, and you know this, I'm a, I'm a self-development you know, junkie. I love it. I go to the conferences. But oftentimes perfection is portrayed mm-hmm. when perfection is not really the reality. So stop. Yeah. Just love. Just believe. Find one thing today that you love about yourself and focus on that. Mm-hmm. Like today, I'm loving the fact that I'm here speaking with you. Mm-hmm. That makes me so happy. So love can flow from one thing and let it permeate everything else. Alexander has given you, the listener, some mechanisms to, if you're not on the pathway to get on it, some motivation, if you already are, he's given you that. So I'll just sign off like I always do and with a call to action, which is... You, the listener, now go be great.